Abraham and Sarah. And this shear was is Lilui Nishmat Rabbi Chanoch Ben Chaim Yosef Halevi Sichrona Sichrono Livracha Lilkach Meolamo below eight Kavei Tishrei. We know that the world, the creation of the world, uh, there were three personalities that kind of determined the world that we live in today. The first was, of course, Adam Arishon. The second was Noach. And the third was Avram Avinu. So we could say about these three figures, that these three figures, that they were different. I mean, Adam Arishon, first created man and his wife, they they were there. They just appeared. Adam Arishon and Chava, his wife. They ran into difficulty. They ran into difficulty because God wanted to inject free will into the created world. And it was on this free will that they had a problem which probably continues to this day. They thought that they understood, they understood what God wanted of them. One mitzvah, just one. And they weren't able, they weren't able somehow to follow divine instruction which uh, de facto seems to us to be very simple and obvious, very obvious. And so Adam Arishon had his difficulties and he was exiled from Gan Eden. And he had to start a life that apparently was not intended. Wasn't the original intention of HaKadosh Baruch that Adam and Chava should be expelled from Gan Eden and demanded of them building a new life. Building a new life where they would be more careful about understanding and following instructions. This world that was created and these people in turn created a, a situation, a civilization that was totally unacceptable. And so God decided to destroy it. The, the waters covered up everything. And that metaphorically brought us to a place before uh, creation. Ruach Elohim the spirit of God was hovering al that's what the first pasuk and the second pasuk of the Torah says. And that's what happened to Noah. That's how the world was destroyed. But Noah and his family were saved. And I guess the hope was that they would get it, that Noah and his family would understand that the new world had to be essentially different than the old world. And so, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Noach and his family and the followers Sheva Mitzvot. 
just seven, seven commands. It says, you know, if you follow these seven commands, you will be as you should be. Uh, this apparently was not, uh, was also not reasonable and was not accepted and was not followed. And so we have the 10 generations that separate Noah from Avram Avinu, and along comes Avram Avinu. Now, the first thing we have to understand is how did Avram Avinu do it? How did he become Avram Avinu? What was it? So Chazal say this, in the Medrash, there's a Medrash that says, you know, Avram Avinu's father, Terah, he sold idols. Idols sell idols. It's like Lahabdil. Uh, it's like selling tefillin. You know, if you sell tefillin, you're connected. You're an important personality. I remember years ago, a sofa told me, nobody wants to buy tefillin from somebody who looks less religious than they are. Like the guy who sells tefillin to the bar mitzvah boy, he becomes an important part of his life. So Terach sold idols, which means, I think, not only that he sold the idols, but that he was involved. He was part of that world, and Avram Avinu somehow decided that idolatry was foolish. How could you imagine that the idol created the world? I mean, that was Avram Avinu. That was what the Chazal said. So this was the intellectual awareness that Avram Avinu had. But that wasn't all of Avram Avinu. Besides the intellectual awareness that Avram Avinu had, there seems to have been a, another kind of awareness. An awareness of the mitzvot, which are described in the beginning of the parasha of Lech Lecha. So if you look at the psukim on the sheet, these are the last psukim in the parasha of Noah. The last psukim. And they give me interesting information about Avram. His name was Avram. I think it's important to emphasize that. It's important to emphasize. Let me just see. Request. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Here we are. Just a second. Okay, terrific. Vayikach terach et Avraham beno. Vayikach. He took him in. He took Avraham. Terach takes Avraham. That's the story. So even though Chazal told us we got to get rid of Terach, but here we see Terach determining the life of Avram and his family. And along with Avram, Lot ben Haran ben Bino, Vet Sarai Kalato Eshet Avram Bino. So we see, we see that there's a distinction that is drawn between Avram and Sarai which is going to prove problematic for Avram. They went from Ur Kasdim on the way to Canaan. Remember who's going to Canaan? 
Terach and, and his family. But Terach, the idolater, it's his idea. He's the one who's going. He's the one who's going to Eretz Kinaan. Vayavo at Haran Vayeshusham. Vayavo at Haran. Haran was a like a rest stop along the way. The old red apple rest, that's Haran. That's where people park themselves on a long trip. But it says about Haran, which might be interpreted, which might be interpreted as they decided to stay. Decided to stay in Haran. It's true, Korach wanted to go to Kenan, but Terach, Terach wanted to go to Canaan. Oh, Terach wanted to go to Canaan with his family, and he got to Haran. Vayeshu Sham. Rashi says, Vayetsu Ita Vayetsu Terach Vavram Im Lot Visarai. Again, Sarai given a kind of a a lesser position in this story, right? A lesser position. And it seems that that is what Avram is going to be called to overcome, but not before a few more things happen. The next Pasuk, Pasuk Lamed Bet says, Vayu Yimei Terach HaVesh Animu Mentaim Shana, Vayamot Terach Becharan. And Rabbi Rashi doesn't understand. Vayamo Terech Becharan, you see it? You see the Rashi. Lachar Shiyatza Avram Becharan, Ubala Eretz Kenan, Vayacham. After all, eventually Rashi says, you all know the story that Avram Vid is going to leave Haran and he's going to go to the land of Kenan. He lived there more than 60 years. But the Terach Ben Shivimshan, Terach was 70 years. He was 70 years old when Abraham was born. Ergo, you see from a simple calculation, Right, that 145 is the age of Terach, Abraham Micharan. And so it still leaves certain years. Okay, it's a little bit confusing and complicated, but what Rashi is saying is when Abraham left Haran to go to Canaan, he doesn't say why Abraham left Haran to go to Canaan, but we know. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu said at the beginning of the parish of Lech Lecha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Lech Lecha, Mi'atzecha, Mi'atzecha, Ribeit Avicha, Lech Lecha, become homeless. That's what, what God wanted, be disconnected from anything you were connected to before. And so it makes sense almost that the Pasuk says, Vayamot Terach Becharan. The connection to Terach. The connection to Terach disappeared. 
Terach Anam got them to Haran, but he was no longer in Haran. He lost. He wanted to stay. Right, they stayed there. Terach, whoever was with Terach, stayed. Whoever was with Abraham left and stuck to the original plan, but the original plan was enhanced by the command of God. The first pasuk in this week's parasha. So Rashi really is asking, okay, every phrase here is correct. It's correct by Yavo Terach Becharad, that's true. But he didn't die just yet. I mean, why mention the death of, of Haran? So we have an answer to that question. The reason that the Torah mentions the death of Haran is because in Haran, Terach died, disappeared from the story of Avram, Sarai, and Lot, mostly the story of Avram. Nevertheless, Rashi comes up with another reason, another reason that the Torah says, Vayamot Becharan, and it's right here. You see the end of the Rashi? Becharan, Hanun Hapucha. If you could imagine what a nun looks like, I'll, I'll kind of put it over here. It's like a head and a body. That's a nun. I mean, you could make it a little fancier. Make it a little fancier. But that's what a nun is. So that's a, a regular nun that I drew. Nun hafucha is you could turn it around. You turn it around. Lomalecha adav rabba yacharod afshel makom ba'olam. Lomalecha. So there are two problems that we have to consider. One is that if you looked at the Sefer Torah that we read from in the uh, that we read from in the in Beta Knesset, you'll see that the nun is not afucha. And if you look at uh, the book called Minchat Shai, who discusses things of this nature, who lived in the 16th century, his name was Yedidya Norzi. You see, he looked into it. I mean, we can't look into it. We don't have the manuscript evidence that might have actually existed at the time of Rashi. But he did. He said, no such thing. There's no nun hafucha any place. How could Rashi say it? How could Rashi say there's a nun hafucha? There isn't a nun hafucha. So the answer is that Rashi doesn't have to defend the source of the drasha. The drasha, after all, was said by great and wise people. And they said, that the nun hafucha, the backwards nun, is a hint at something. So the something exists even if the hint doesn't exist. 
And what is this something? is anger. But the word charon, chet, resh, nun, is the same as the, the same consonant as the name of the place they were in, which is charan. And that's one of the things about Hebrew, the same kind of letters can be written, can be read in different ways. So the word charan could also mean charon, anger. What anger are we talking about? The anger of God in the world. Why is the why was God angry in the world? Because the world of Adam and Chava was imperfect, and the world of Noah and his descendants was imperfect, and something happened. Avram Avinu was the one who understood what the world, what the world should be, what the world should be. Now we turn the page. Let's turn the page. Um, we turn the page. Um, maybe this will work. Oh, there you go. I wanted to, I mean, we've talked about Avram's sojourn to Eretz Canaan in past years. I wanted to talk about a specific point. After Avram Abinu gets to Eretz Kenan, he goes to Shechem, then he comes back. So the Pasuk says, So the part of the Pasuk that interests me is Vayikach Avram, again giving Avram dominion. At Sarai Ishto. He takes her. He takes her. And here it says the phrase as the people that they made in Haran, that they did in Haran. Asher asu b'charan, you see, you see the nefesh asher asu b'charan. Sheikh Nisan tachet kanfei shchina. That's asu. How do you make what? What does it mean to say that they made them? They kind of connected them to the shchina. Abraham megayer et anashim. Abraham avinu. Brought in the men and Sarah Megayeret Hanashim, she brought in the women. And we know that the word Asiyah, that the verb to do, to make, right, Lasot, is one of the four verbs. It was used in creating the world. Abiya, Aleph, Bet, Yud, Ayin. Amira, to speak, God spoke. Bria, God created. Yitzira, God fashioned. 
and Asiya God did. So when the Pasuk says, Asher Asubicharat, it tells you something about the issue that Avram Avinu confronted. What was it that Avram Avinu was supposed to do in the world? He was supposed to make, remake, make once again the nifashot. And so the Pasuk mentions nifashot asher asubim becharav. But still, we have this disparity between Avram and Sarai. Avram is in charge, Avram is in charge, and Sarai is along with him. She does what he does. She goes where he goes. That's Avram the Sarai. Pasuk Yud says, The first great event that took place there was a famine in the land. Vayered Avram Mitzrayma Lagusham. Avram left. He left Eretz Kedad. Even though God told him that that was the place for him. Ki He left Eretz Kedad because the famine was tremendous. Rashi says, only in Eretz Kenan. Ba'aretz is like Beha'aretz, in the definitive article Aretz. Linasoto, to test him. To test Avram Avinu. What was the test? Imiharher Achaidavarab Shell. Will he doubt somehow the words of of Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Shamalo After all, God told him to go to Eretz It's hard to understand that God would tell him to go to Eretz if you couldn't stay there, you couldn't live there. So maybe what Avraham should have done was say, "No, God told me to be here. I'm going to be here." If God wants me to be here, he'll be able to, to, to supply what I need in order to live, which is a little bit of food. So if that was the test, the way Rashi says it, the way Rashi says it, Rashi says, It was a nisayon. It was a test. Well, what was the test? It was a test to see if Avraham Avinu would understand that God's promise takes priority, a primacy over some quirk in reality. Okay, they didn't have food, but they don't have food. Because God would not have sent Avram Avinu and his family to die in Eretz Kedah. That doesn't make any sense at all. So the test should have been according to Rashi. 
according to Rashi, that Avram Rabinu should have stayed in Eretz Kedai. If that was the test, I mean, he failed. So we could regroup here, we could restate what was happening, and we could say this, that Avram Avinu went to Mitzrayim, that was okay. It was okay that he went to Mitzrayim. The question was, after the famine will end in Eretz Canaan, will he go back? And he did go back, because he could have said, he could have said, look, I, I could go back, but the promise has expired. There was a promise, and the promise was go to Eretz Canaan and live there. Well, that promise, I've gone to Mitzrayim. And since I've gone to Mitzrayim, I had now a choice. I could go back to Eretz Canaan, or I could stay in Mitzrayim. I could stay in Mitzrayim. So that was the Nisayon. And as a result of that, as a result of that, the Moshe Avraham Avinu went back there in Skidan, so he did the right thing. But in terms of this business of going to Eretz Skidan or going back from Eretz Skidan, having a Nisayon, there's another point that has to be made. Another point that has to be made. Can we go to the next sheet to the Ramban, please? No, ah, there it is. Thank you very much. Vahira Avaaretz, the Ramban, the Ramban relates to this, relates to this question. I'm sorry, can we, we have to go back. I'm, I'm sorry. Back, please. Ah, Yofi. There's like a there's like a problem with this trip to Mitzrayim. But when they came close to Mitzrayim, you know they had the the immigration, the immigration station, and the immigration police. They came close to Egypt. Here's the first thing. In the Torah that Avram says to his wife, yadati ki I know that you're a beautiful woman. Do you think that Avram is telling her that because he wants to compliment her? Because he wants to, uh, to ingratiate himself to her, to tell her how important she is in his life? No, not at all. But so good that the Egyptians here in the immigration will see you. He says, they're going to say, this beautiful woman is married to this unimpressive guy. They're going to kill me. Well, because, I mean, after all, they want the woman. They don't want her to have an encumbrance of a husband. So to me, it sounds kind of bad. 
Sounds kind of bad. And now if we turn the page to the Rahman, we'll understand how bad it really is. Vidah, you see it's uh, five lines from the bottom. Five lines from the bottom in the middle of the, I'm having trouble with this. Vidah. Uh, Vidah ki Avraham avinu chatach chet gadol bishkaga. Now, you, you, you have to understand that, I, that the Ramban would not say a thing like this it's sort of in a kind of jovial or lighthearted manner. This is kind of a pretty, pretty impressive accusation against Avram Avinu, pretty much against Avram Avinu. And it's not brought up in Chazal, at least not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. Chevelle, who is the publisher of this Rabban, says that there's something similar in the Zohar, but the Zohar is not like the regular sources that we usually look to. Avram Avinu sinned. What was his sin? Shehevi ishto hatzadeket b'michshol avon. He caused his righteous wife to be confronted by a sin. Mibnei pachto pein yehargu. He was afraid that they would kill him, so she wanted her to hide. He wanted her to kind of disappear. He didn't want her to be part of the group Avram, Avram and Sarai. And this, this is really the only, the only transgression that Avram Avinu was responsible for. The only thing that Avram Avinu did which was not in line with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And you have to remember, the Chazal said that the Avot, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, but Avram at the beginning, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, they, they intuited what God wanted of them. And even though the Torah had not yet been given, certainly not, not given till Har Sinai, the Torah had not been yet been given, but Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, again, Avram starting that kept all the mitzvot because they intuited God's relationship, what God wanted of them. So to say that Avram Avinu is not a matter of, of light, of little significance. Quite the contrary, for the Ramban to make up for all to hear, to send it out, you know, all over and say, Avram, he messed up. Not only did he mess up, he caused real danger for his wife in order to protect himself, as we saw in the Pasuk. So we see that from this point on, if you're learning, if you're learning, uh, the parasha of uh, learning the parasha of uh, Lech Lecha, 
you'll see that from this point on, the new relationship between Avram and Sarah is forged. Avram thought at first he could have a child with another wife. Well, biologically he could, but pragmatically he could not create somebody who would follow him, somebody who would accept his regimen. That was only Yitzchak, and Yitzchak was the son of Sarah. And so Avram and Sarah underwent a name change, which was similar, as I think I pointed out, to Adam Harisho naming the animals. The animals didn't really exist until they had names. I mean, you couldn't talk about them. You couldn't mention them. You couldn't like, that's what, what speech does. Speech, the ability to speak about something creates a reality. It's a reality. Those of you who are, phys- who are philosophers will understand what I'm trying to say. So Avram and Sarah went through a name change. That name change said that not only are they different from the from Haran from uh, from Terach, but they're not connected to Terach at all. Neither of them, neither the son nor the daughter-in-law. None of them are connected to Terah. That connection was severed in Haran. They left Haran without Terah. But the changing of the names, that really produced a new, a new element, new people, new. So that when we said at the beginning, I said that, that the world was created kind of under the auspices of Adam Rishon and Chava, his wife, then Noah and his family, and finally Avram and Sarah. But Avram and Sarah had to be recreated out of the, out of the, the, the depths of, of depravity that, that was, were all over in the world. There are people who, who believed in idolatry, people who were not honest, people who went to war. I mean, all of that was something that had to be changed and could only be changed that the change was essential, rock bottom, down to the bottom or very bottom of things. And that was Avram, Avinu, and Sarah. Their names were changed, just like Adam Arishon named the animals that became part of the creation process. So too, HaKadosh Baruch recreated Avram, Avinu, and, and Sarah. And even though the story of, of, uh, of Egypt, of going down to Egypt, and the Nisayon that we think might have been part of going down to Egypt, but you know, nevertheless, Avram Avinu in some way overcame, he came back. He came back to, he understood that the divine promise is forever. And that was an understanding that Moshe Rabbeinu tried to teach B'nai Israel for 40 years that everything goes on, that goes on forever. Everything that God says goes on forever. So the names were changed and then it became clear to everybody that only the biological son of Sarah would be the one who continues Avram Avinu. We know that that Akedat Yitzchak, Akedat Yitzchak in the binding of Isaac, 
the Pasuk says several times, only Yitzchak was kind of the mirror image of his father. His father may have had other children, Yishvael, the children of Keturah, but they could never attain that level of mirror image so that in the story, in the story that we're reading, it's also not only the story of, it's not only the story of Abraham, and it's not only going to be in next week's parish of the story of Yitzchak, but it's also very much the story of Sarah. Sarai becomes Sarah. Sarai is an adjunct. She's an add-on. She's a person who works along with her husband, and she might have children, she might not have children. In this, in this case, she didn't have any children. But when she becomes Sarah, she is at least a partner, even though she determines prophetically in a manner that Avram Avinu was unable to determine, unable to determine that Yishmael should be sent away. And this was approved by HaKadosh Baruch. So there's a change that, that somehow it couldn't happen otherwise. There was no other way to blot out the fact that Chava, Adam Harishon's wife, forced him caused him the sin of eating from the Eitzadat. And that was blotted out by the fact that Sarai, Sarah, was a full partner in the enterprise of saving the world, right? And that world would be saved by the people that come from Abraham and Sarai. So, uh, all the best. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Be well. Thank you.